0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's good to be with you all
1: today and back in this room. Uh, Thankfully, we've got our tech issues sorted out. We're back together here. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to be able to worship with you uh, together on Sunday morning. Uh, today is a very special day in the church calendar year. As you can see on the screen, it is Trinity Sunday. Uh, so I'll be talking more about what that means, uh, in a few minutes. But let's begin our service of worship with our first song, Holy, Holy, Holy. God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And all will be with you. Let us praise God the Creator, who is filled with the of glory of the Father, with
0: holiness and splendor.
1: Let us worship God the Savior, who is
0: filled with love and compassion, with justice and
1: peace. Praise, let us worship God the Spirit, who will be
0: with with love and eternal
1: life. Almighty Creator and ever-living God, we worship your glory, eternal free and one, and we praise your power, majestic one and three. Keep us steadfast in this faith, defend us in all adversity, and bring us at last into your presence. where we live in endless joy and love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first scripture reading comes from the Old Testament book of Proverbs, chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, and 22 through 31. Does not wisdom call, and does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out, To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all that live. The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of long ago. Ages ago I was set up, at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no deaths, I was brought forth when there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills I was brought forth. When he had not yet made earth and fields or the world's first bits of soil, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep,
0: when he made firm the skies above,
1: when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master worker, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the human race. The word of our Lord. Praise you, Lord. Our psalm reading from the lectionary for today comes from Psalm 104, verses 24 through 34 and 35b, read responsively. O Lord, O Lord, our Sovereign, how majestic is Your name in all the earth! You have set Your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established. What
0: are you that you mindful them, that you care for them?
1: Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. All sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field. Her birth
0: to the air, and the nature of the sea, whatever passage along the path of the seas, of all the darkness of our hill, out of the desert, to the beginning of all earth.
1: And now for our next hymn, All Creatures of Our God. Our second reading is from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. The word of our Lord. Lord. Gospel according to John, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that He will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of Our Lord. Praise to You, Lord Christ. Last week we celebrated a very special day in the church calendar year, Pentecost Sunday. In spite of the fact that we had to move locations last minute and overcome technological difficulties, we prevailed and worshiped together. Amen? Amen. Today we celebrate yet another special day in the church calendar year, also lesser known but no less important. Today is Trinity Sunday. We have a Sunday set aside every year to remind us of the nature and character of the God we worship is Trinity. God is one, and God is three. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is a perfect community of love. Now, I will not stand up here and claim that I can wrap my head around the belief that one equals three and three equals one. I just know I can't. (laughs) This is truly a mystery of the highest order. But I will say this, God has revealed God's self to us as Trinity, and there are tremendous impacts of this revelation. Questions regarding the nature of God and God's character arose during the first three centuries after Jesus had showed up. For much of that time, the Church was not in positions of power. They lived in catacombs on the margins of society and experienced waves of persecution from various leaders, some of them the Caesars of Rome. Eventually the church found itself wrestling with passages like the one we just read in John 16. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will take what he hears and declare it to you. And all that the Father has is mine. You see, when Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit and the Father, it led the early church to consider what does this mean? for how we understand God. This led to various theories about God's nature. For example, some people said things like, the Father is God, and Jesus is a demigod, and the Holy Spirit is just Jesus in a different form. Others said the Father is a God, Jesus is a God, and the Holy Spirit is a God, and we are polytheists. That is, we have more than one God. Others said, God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are just expressions of the one God, not three separate persons. As you can imagine, this conversation was a complex one. I may have just confused the living daylights out of some of you, but just reviewing some of the positions. But the Church found itself encountering intriguing challenges. As it's thought about different ways of understanding God's nature and character, I bet you didn't wake up this morning thinking, "I can't wait for Pastor Sam to give me a short lecture on church history and theology." Am I right? <laughs> well, it may seem boring or even lofty and impractical, but bear with me—we're going somewhere super important. The word Trinity never appears in the text of Scripture. You can certainly see images that reflect it, like what we read here in John 16. And the early church used a special term, also not found in Scripture, to describe the life of the Trinity. The word is periparesis. I want you to practice saying this with me. It's a fun word. Periparesis. One more time. That's very good. You did really well. It's a Greek term literally meaning to dance around. God is mobile and dynamic. God is living and engaging and present. These are violent and important truths because the Jewish people of the Old Testament and the first Christians, a mixture of Jews and Gentiles in the New Testament, followed a God who moved and acted. And they did so while encountering other systems of belief where there were gods made of wood or stone or silver or gold. There were other belief systems where people went to temples to make sacrifices and there were people who believed they had to work really hard to wake their gods up in order to get help from them. But... The Judeo-Christian faith has long revealed a God who doesn't sleep, isn't made of stuff like wood or stone, and who is proactive, not reactive, to the human condition. The belief that God is trinity is a belief in the truth that God is active and present and engaged, not distant, not slothful, not grumpy with us all the time. The belief that God is Trinity is a belief in the way human community can reflect the nature of God and be and engaged with each other as well. Throughout the debates and the questions that the early church encountered that were really difficult to address, they had to figure some things out. Like, if Jesus is God and Jesus died, did God die? Ooh, that's a line better, right? Well, the doctrine of the Trinity does many things, but some of the most important among them are these. It reflects a God whose love exists perfectly from eternity and into eternity. And a God whose identity we can reflect within community. Scripture teaches us that God is love. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are each divine, and yet entirely and inseparably one. God's very character and existence, the way God is, is an invitation to you and me. We are called to reflect that love as we love one another. It was, in fact, one of Jesus' most clearly and more adamantly given commands. The command calls us to reflect the character and substance of the God we worship. So we love one another. That, my friends, is a beautiful and tremendously difficult calling. Sometimes we don't have patience for our brothers and sisters in faith, let alone many other people we encounter who don't think or believe the same as we do. Sometimes love requires sacrifice. Sometimes love means we give up our preferences. Sometimes love means we give grace and forgiveness even when we ravish smack someone upside the head. But here on this day we are reminded that our God is an eternal dance of love. The Father loves the Son and the Spirit. The Son loves the Father and the Spirit. The Spirit loves the Father and the Son. It is an eternal Dance of love. It was that way before you and I ever took our first breath. It will be that way forever and ever after. Human community here in this life is invited to reflect that beautiful dance. So how can we practically do that this week? I have three simple invitations for you to consider first invitation is to take time to pray for others this week. You can certainly pray in your room for people if you have a prayer list or a prayer journal or a way to be reminded to pray for others, but if someone begins to share something with you that they're struggling with, say while you're sitting at the dinner table or sitting next to each other in the rose garden, why not offer a prayer for them right then and there? Your prayer doesn't have to be elaborate or fancy. Just ask God to bless them and meet their needs. That's it. Don't overthink it. Don't worry about your theology. Just ask God to bless them. Of course, if they refuse, don't force your prayer on them. Respect their wish and pray for them later in your room. Prayer is a powerful gift, a powerful way to show love to other people. Second invitation, encourage others. Encouragement, I believe, is a lost art and an overly dismissed dynamic gift. When you encounter someone who is discouraged or sad or worse, they're in despair and fear, encourage them. Don't try to explain what they're going through. That's not encouragement, and it's nearly always unhelpful. Kind of encouragement can be as simple as offering them a hug, offering to hold their hand, smiling, inviting them to share more, telling them you want to listen to what it is that they're dealing with. Encouragement is not so much about what you say, it's much more about how you show up for the people who are right there in front of you. And never underestimate the power of encouragement for those in your spirit influence. You might be that one beacon of light someone needs in a day filled with darkness. So be an encourager. Third and final invitation, join the dance of the Trinity. Now some of you may be thinking, Sam, I haven't danced in 10 or 20 years. Of course, dancing with the Trinity does not require the use of your physical legs. To dance with the Trinity is to pay attention to God's voice. To dance with the Trinity is to stay awake and notice God's movement. To dance with the Trinity is to be light in darkness, to be a giver of hope in a world of despair. To dance with the Trinity is to point to the beautiful things to aim toward forgiveness and grace, to share and give and love and respect other people, to listen and to bless. To dance with the Trinity is to live where love is the ruler of all things. To dance with the Trinity may mean leaning into the invitations of God this week whatever it is God invites you to do, and maybe it's not on my list of free invitations. But if we're paying attention, and we're listening to that whisper of the Trinity that comes to our own heart and soul, we'll hear God speak. God gives us little invitations every day, throughout the week, little things that he invites us to do, little words he invites us to say, little actions that make a big impact in our world. So you, my friends, are invited to join the dance of the Trinity. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's continue our service of worship with our hymn, O God, Our Help in Ages Past. Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under conscious Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. and transform scarcity through generosity. In the name of the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we come to our time of the prayers of the congregation, I recognize that when we gather for worship, sometimes we don't come filled with joy and expectation. Sometimes we come eager to receive, eager to bless, eager to worship and yet still we're torn because of other things going on in our lives. So maybe this morning, if you join us in worship, you come carrying a heavy burden. Maybe it's an experience of life that you yourself are going through. Maybe it's something that weighs heavy on your heart for a loved one, a friend, a family member, a neighbor. Maybe it's the uh, tumultuous times in which we live and the challenges of things going on in our culture or our world. Whatever that may be, whatever you bring, and whatever you'd like us to pray for, I invite you at this time to indicate that prayer request by raising your hand. Okay, let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Blessed Trinity, Eternal Community of Love, we thank you for your grace and your love and your faithfulness to us. We thank you, Lord, that as we have in worship, we do not have to come perfect. We do not have to come all put together. We sometimes come as a mixed bag. We come to worship recognizing that we're carrying burdens. We're going through things ourselves in our own spiritual journeys. And also, Lord, some of us are here this morning and we're worried, fretful for a loved one, a neighbor, a family member, a friend. Or a situation going on in the life of another that just really weighs on us. Lord, some of us come this morning and we are weighed heavy by the challenges that our culture experiences. We are weighed down, weighed down by the tragedy of recent events. We are weighed down by the needs across the globe. And so, Lord, with all these things, we come to you in prayer. We entrust them to your care. We thank you, Lord. For your faithfulness and your grace, we thank you that you hear every one of our prayers. No prayer is lost to you. And so, we in the community of faith bring these before you and we lay them at your feet. We entrust them to you. We beseech you. We request. We ask. Meet the needs. Bless. Heal. Restore. Reconcile. Invest in with hope. We pray for all these things indicated by these hands that were raised. And we thank you, Lord, that you hear every one of our prayers. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I invite you to join me in praying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now for our final hymn, Holy God, we praise thy name. Thank you.